0: You'll stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Just one other thing about what I was sharing a moment ago about this world being a wilderness. There's many of us, you're like me, that before you were Christian, there was a very nightlife-oriented lifestyle. And you know... Friday nights and Saturday nights and bled into Sunday mornings, it never felt like church. Never felt like godliness. Um the, the, the pathway has its own feel to it. And so it is with us here. It's it's very hard to feel those things in a workplace and in a um in avenues where. God's spirit does not govern. So just be encouraged that for yourselves that, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have God's spirit and, and presence reigning. But wildernesses are very arid, very dry. Matthew chapter 10. And this is another one of those portions of scripture where Jesus is specifically and contextually talking to his disciples who happen to be Jewish men, Israelites. But it's also applicable in many ways to us in this last day. It was to them in his first appearing. And it will be to us right before his second coming. In the same way, we are like John the Baptist now. John the Baptist was a voice crying in the wilderness then. And we the church are a voice crying in the wilderness today. So imagine Jesus speaking this not only to them but the parts that apply to you. I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men. They will deliver you up to councils. Who? Disciples. Vocal men and women. Vocal believers who are impacting the kingdom of darkness with light. Who are sharing the gospel, casting demons out of people, restoring homes, demonstrating the miracle working power of God. They'll deliver those people up to councils. They'll scourge you in the synagogues. You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what you shall speak. For it shall be given you in the same hour what you shall speak. For it is not you, who, the disciple, that speaks, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Now brother will deliver up brother to death, and the father the child, and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. Remember we talked about this last week, the difference between harmony and unity. Uh, Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but a sword. Dividing the kingdom of light from darkness, righteousness and unrighteousness. Verse 22 And you shall be hated of all men for my name'sake, Who? Disciples. But he that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. Isn't it one thing that Jesus says that disciples will be hated for his name's sake? And the church is teaching us how to get the world to like us. Now, I don't like being hated. I don't want to be hated. But if you shine the light of God's word and live under the lordship of Jesus Christ, there's contention. There, When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For verily I say unto you, you shall have not gone over the city of Israel till the Son of Man be come. The disciple is not above his master. Listen to this. You are not above your master, nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be like his master and the servant like his Lord. If they called the master of the house Beelzebub, If they call Jesus the Lord of the flies, you know they're going to talk about you. Fear them not, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear in the ear, preach upon the housetops. Don't fear those which can kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul. But rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father's knowledge? But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, because you are more valued than many sparrows. Whoever shall confess me before men, this is through actions, words, testimony, I will confess before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men with their words or their silence, I will deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not I'm come to send peace on the earth, but I'm not come to send peace, but a sword. And I'm going to set at variance, fathers against their daughters, daughters against mothers, daughter-in-law against mother-in-law, and the man's foes shall be they of their own household. He that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. What does the cross symbolize here? The cross for Jesus was the will of the Father. You remember he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Whoever will not take up God's will, which is painful to the flesh. It is torturous to the flesh. It is misunderstood by the masses. But we know. We know God's word and God's voice and how to follow it. And he that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Would you pray for me as I pray for myself this morning? Father, I just humble myself before you. I stand before you. Uh, you know me, Lord. Since before I was in my mother's womb, you know me. You know my downsitting and my uprising. You know my faults and my failures and my flaws. But I just present myself to you as I am, redeemed by Jesus' blood and uh, equipped by your spirit. I just present myself, flaws and all, but a vessel this morning. Would you anoint my lips that I could speak with clarity and conviction that these words would go deep into the fabric of the people in this room's souls, that they could be changed by the word of God, equipped, encouraged, challenged, clarity would come. And I pray for that anointing. Without it, there's no good or benefit that will happen anywhere. It's not by might and not by power, but by your Spirit, Lord. I believe this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. What you're witnessing in the last hour in the U.S., has been going on in the world for many, many years. I have not ever had the opportunity to feel a contraction before. I have seen, you know, the internet has made it crazy. Now you can see men going through fake contractions. Have you seen this? They put the machine on them and the men turn into babies. Babies, it's horrible. But isn't it something that Jesus would use something so unmistakable when he speaks about birth pains? The world will be in birth pains, contractions that last for a while and then stop before the great and terrible day of the Lord. Don't confuse the Lord coming for his church With the Lord coming with his church in the great and terrible day of the Lord. The rapture could happen at any time, at any moment, Jesus coming for his church. But before the judgment, the earth is going to contract with, you'll say things like, I've never seen it like this. Such fierceness. Such lawlessness and it's the convergence of all of these things it's one contraction from another and one right after the other and not only are they increasing in pain they're increasing in number the world is contracting letting you know that something is about to be born a time of great tribulation Such as which the Bible says if God did not shorten the days of that period, no living person would be spared. I'm keeping this before you in this last hour mixed in with other preaching and teaching so that you stay on ready, not fearful, prepared that you stay on ready. And praying always that you may be accounted worthy to escape, not make it through, escape the great and terrible day of the Lord. Back when I was younger, when fighting was an option, uh, when it was considerable. Now it's I would hurt myself more trying to hurt you than I could, you know. Do uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I don't even know what I was saying now. Lost my place. Um, well, yeah, fighting. I'm I'm still lost. It's, Yeah, but use him, Lord. Can I, I was I was preaching one time. This has nothing to do with the sermon. I thought you would enjoy it. This lady got up to sing, and she was horrible. Horrible. Why do preachers lie? Why do they tell these people? Nobody tell them. Been in church 60 years, and nobody tell them, you are horrible. You can't sing, because they don't love the person. They just want to be liked, and so nobody. So she sang for, oh, she sung for 50 years. It was I'm just on the stage back then when you go to preach for somebody you sat on the stage and everybody could see your face so you couldn't hide and she got up and she was crooning something horrible from the depth of her soul bellowed just it's horrible and in the congregation you heard bless her lord and I'm, I'm sitting here just, keep your face, keep your face, keep your face, keep your face. And then someone said, use her, Lord. And the pastor right beside me looked just like Danny DeVito, just like him. He's sitting there with his arms folded, and he goes, under his breath, he goes, kill her, Lord. Just kill her dead where she stands. And I'm going, I got the fat man left. Then I'm going, you yeah.
1: know,
0: all right. I'm trying to keep you ready and prepared for spiritual fight. There's a, there's a tenacity that you must have not to, not to win, but to continue. That you will persevere. That Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. It always comes back around. Back when I used to fight, they say, it's the punch you don't see coming that kills you. If I see it coming, I can turn, dip. Hit you with a lamp, something that interrupts the punch from coming. And God gives us, in his word he said, when you see these things come to pass, here's the things you need to do. Huddle together, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together like some do. Encourage one another as you see the day approaching. Exhort one another unto good works. Don't let your friend backslide without you stepping in the middle and saying, you know what you're doing, I know what you're doing, stop playing the game. You need to do these things. And so I want to keep before you that preparation. You should expect as a believer a relentless increasing current, like a, a, a current in a river of hatred, opposition, conformity, uh, conformity pressure, pressure to conform, think like me, say like me, come under this banner, wear this, say this, I am flunking political correctness horribly, I'm corrected all the time, I just, I said something the other day, I didn't mean anything by it, it was was about a little person, and I used a term, and these people just, you know, I said, no, that wasn't in my heart, that wasn't in my heart, that's what, when you're growing up, you know, these, these, Please hear me. I'm not saying that we should be insensitive. I'm saying that there is a global movement to conform you into what they say is correct. And if you dare say what God says is correct, you're an intolerant, bigot, self-righteous, and the other. How about this? Just feel sorry for me because I'm dumb. I'm okay with being dumb, but I'm not what you say I am. But this current, this current of hatred of you because the world hates God. And if you are in God and God's in you, they will hate you. They hate the truth. They don't mind you being a closet Christian until you open your mouth, till you stand when everybody's sitting When you sit when everyone's standing, when you say that is not truth, that is error, that's why God says don't be ashamed of him or his words. A pressure to conform and persecution. Hatred of Jesus. The biblical Jesus. Not the coexist rainbow Jesus. Not the Jesus that's hip and cool and necessarily white. Or black. Jesus was an Israelite, by the way. Be careful that someone that names the name of Jesus means you're talking about the same thing. Any of y'all remember the little cups before the stainless steel ones came into being? The, the was it Turvis? Well, we found a deal on those. Christ Chapel did. And we put our name on them. And they were Turvis, Yervis or something like that. It looked good. And it was about a fourth of the price of the real one. The problem was, if you put ice in there to make tea, by the time you got to work, it had melted. This is what's happening in our church, very much in oversimplification. Yeah, It's Jesus, God, different Jesus. Because the new Jesus doesn't bring the hatred of the world because the new Jesus was birthed by the spirit of the world. It's the biblical Jesus. God is love. Yes, He is. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God. God is a God of great love that would hang naked on a cross, beaten beyond recognition for my sins. But when He comes back to judge the world... When he comes back to judge the world, riding on a white horse with the name Faithful and True written upon his thighs, he is going to trample the winepress of his wrath. And at the Battle of Armageddon, human blood will run uh, bridle high of a horse for 200 miles. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God, an angry God why it's imperative that we are able to persuade people that the world is judged. The world is damned. There's no hope except for the Lamb of God that was slain to take away the sin of the world. Amen. You see, well, I don't know how to share in my faith. It's very simple. And I will remind you again, I've taught it many times. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned. And the wages of sin is death. You are dead in your trespasses and sin. Bear with me just a moment. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. I am a spirit. I have a soul. I live in a body. My spirit communicates with God. My soul communicates with you. My body communicates with the world. That is hard that is cold and that's not cold turn the air on no it's cold it's hot it's cold our body connects to the world some of your bodies don't work you think it's cold all the time it's not cold it's august in georgia it's not cold it's just no there's no room in the house that's cold so so uh spirit connects with god soul connects with man body connects with the earth The Bible says that everyone is dead in their trespasses and sin. Well, I'm not dead. My relationship with you is not dead. It must be my relationship with God that's dead. So the preaching of someone's damnation, you are slated for judgment, quickens their soul. They're listening to me. And their soul cries out to God to have mercy on their spirit. And God brings them from the dead when they believe on the finished work of Jesus Christ. He brings them from the dead, <sighs> breathes into their spirit, and they become a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. They still lug around this old Adam if you was ugly before you got saved. You're going to be ugly after you got saved. If you got ugly feet before you get saved. I, do you know what? I use humor. People remember this. I understood it then. All of me didn't change when he said all things become new. Well, not everything. He's talking about in the spiritual realm. All things become new. Why isn't, let's just say the last 20 years. Why isn't the church hated? Because it's not been the church. If we stand for God and God's word... And we separate ourselves. Why do you separate yourselves? Because God's word commands me to. Why don't you do what we do? Because that is sinful. You can say it meekly and tenderly. But it creates an opposition. Because the division brings up the subject matter of their spiritual condition. And you can expect it to increase and grow. And don't think it's just now happening overseas my entire lifetime. Christians are burnt alive, covered in acid. Their children are fed to the alligators at the, at the banks of many a jungle river for not denouncing Jesus Christ. What if it was your babies? What if it was your babies? Kelly, what if it was yours? And they put the knife to Isabel's throat and Olivia's throat and Elisha's throat and says, denounce your savior. We think persecution is when somebody attacks you on Facebook. And if Jesus tarries, it's coming, not just coming, but exponentially. Your job will be taken from you for standing in the truth. Your, 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 you could lose your home, your cars, your, your family, your, that which you've set aside. You need to be prepared. I'm not trying to scare you. Just be prepared for the punch that comes. If it comes down to living or compromising my faith, I'm prepared to stand I'm not saying it will be easy, but in the hour I need it, the words will be given me, the strength will be given me, the clarity will be given me. It's like you do what you're going to do, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Here's an Old Testament example of what is going to be happening in small ways in your office, small ways in the world, and then large ways. King Nebuchadnezzar, the ruling prince, if you will, just like the prince of the power of the air now, created a statue of himself a global, if you will, watch, ideology. We're all in agreement that when you hear the music, we bow. We're all in agreement is this is what we need. This is what we need as a collective world, green, uh, religious, into this is what we need. And when you hear the sound of the music, everybody bows. Now, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego three Hebrew boys that were stolen from their land, taken as captives, had determined, had determined, predetermined, said in their minds, that we're not going to defile ourselves with the luxuries of this king. And while the, the, the other slaves were eating the king's meat and drinking the king's wine, they were eating soup. Have you ever heard a better description ...of self-denial that while the world eats the best of the things... ...our flesh wants those things. Our flesh still craves the things that God has saved us from. And while we're eating soup, the Bible said that the three boys were eating soup... ...the king had to admit that their countenance was better than all who were dining at the king's table. So, the music would play and they were commanded to bow down and worship... ...and if they did not bow down and worship than they were to be cast alive into a burning, fiery furnace. Many commentators say the flames were 150 feet in the air. You know, when I read a commentary, I'm thinking, who measured that? I don't want to be on the committee, you know. Get up there and measure that, John. No. So the music plays. And out of all of the exiled Israelites, think of this. Three stood. If, you've, if I've ever set you up to hear a statement, I want your undivided attention right now. According to scripture, those that stand will be so few that Jesus said, when the son of man comes, will he even find faith in the earth? When it comes to their hide, their homes, their children, so the music played and everybody fell. I wonder how many Israelites tried this. I'm not really bowing, Yahweh. I'm just tying my shoe here, you know. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just doing enough, watch, to keep the pressure off. But at the same time, I want you to know, you know my heart. I'm not bowing. And God said, Yes, you are bowing because you are not suffering with me. You're not bearing my reproach. Your bowing allows you to blend in and escape the wrath and hatred of the world. Yeah, when I'm vocal, when I preach, when I teach, hardly a Sunday goes by that people don't walk out. I just wanna go, God bless you, see you later. And then I get emails and then I get calls. And then Facebook and the Clarion Sound. And I felt the Lord mandate me a few years ago to start that webpage with no explanation. I don't comment. I just just post news, spiritual, political, post these things. And that heat is something we just, it goes part and parcel with being with him. All right. I'm going to de-spiritualize it to give you a spiritual truth. Any of you ever been to a away game of a rivalry college football game? You ever been to an away game and you got a section of like 300 chairs? There's 103,000 in the stadium today and 300 Georgia fans over here tucked in behind the end zone. Those of you that have went, did you ever go to the restroom? you can't don't turn your phone on call cuss you i had them i've had them push knock you against the wall screaming venom and you know some fans take their hat off their jersey off and they'll, they'll sit in the section but they'll wear neutral colors My wife told me when she went one time to one game, she said, I wore it all. The Georgia skirt, hat, vest, earrings, you know, horn, "Ah," little bulldog. She wore it all in there. And then when they scored, she said, I stood up in the middle of them and I just jumped, da, 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 cheerleading and they're all just look, just the hatred, the venom. Listen to your pastor. The church today turns its Jersey inside out and says the least that they can say so that they can fit in the stadium of those that hate their God. Now at the Georgia game, you ain't gotta say much just cheer when Georgia scores and push back when the enemy scores which means stand for righteousness and cheer for that which is right and oppose that which is wrong. They'll hate you. And it's coming. I'm not saying, don't don't make them hate you because you're mean or weird. Weird is not a fruit of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, meekness, self-control, and be as weird as you possibly can. Oh, I'm still on point one. That's all right. I'm still going to let you out on time. We're going to beat the Baptist s and S. I I promise. It's gonna... <laughs> Opposition against the true gospel. The bloody gospel. Listen, don't confuse believing in God with the gospel. The gospel is you were dead in your trespasses and sin. And Christ, fulfilling the prophecies of the Old Testament. Born of a virgin. Living a sinless life was stretched wide and hung high and bled and died for your sins. His blood was taken into the heavenly tabernacle and placed on the mercy seat. And by faith in that shed blood, you have remission of sins. Now the gospel is believe in God and they'll say believe in Jesus. What Jesus? What did Jesus do that I believe in? Is this Jesus exclusive or is he one of many? No, Oprah, he's not one of your many gods. But see, if I say, well, I, watch, here's what, here's what my group of men do. Here's what preachers do. Well, I happen to believe that Jesus is the way, but you, oh yeah, you can just go to hell. You see? Instead of saying, no, I don't just believe it. He is the only way and the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And he had to die. You see that brutal image of him disfigured on the cross? That was your sin. That's how bad me and you were. Hatred. Antisemitism. The new antisemitism is going to be against the church. It's going to be both. The world geographically hates Israel and the world spiritually hates the church, the real church. Now, you know this revival everyone's talking about that's coming, or that's here, the revival? I'm your pastor, and if I'm wrong, I will answer to God on the judgment day, and nothing causes me to tremble more than realizing that I'm gonna give an account for everything I've told you. I believe there will be a false revival among carnal worldly Christians and you'll recognize it by the world accepting them that's how you'll know how can two walk together unless they agree come here grief uh, that'll hurt I'll rub something on that later <laughs> <laughs> just thought I'd tell you that that went through my head okay grief. me and you walking together okay now your opinions on abortion LGBTQ all the other okay globalism not nationalism you see we can't walk together it's impossible it doesn't mean I think I'm better than him it means that we're going in a different direction thank you buddy I'm gonna try these steps this time (laughs) They're, they're spaced a little more of course we can get along if we're going the same way and here's the lie they tell Well, I can just swallow some of those things and be a friend to the world. Listen, don't confuse Jesus sitting with sinners as him sinning with them. And don't confuse him not... Listen, he was never not the truth. He was never not the way. And he was never not the life. He never went into the temple of Diana. Hey, how are y'all doing? How's... How's the worship going? The little incense and everything. Temple prostitutes, how are y'all? Good, good. Everybody good? Good. Have some water, bottle of water. I got a magnet for you, church magnet. We have, you know, we changed our name to, to be more appealing to you. We call it Diana and Company. Just weird st- If you took what the church does, the By the church, I'm not talking about the body of Christ. I'm talking about organized religion. And you put it in a biblical setting, you'd scratch your head and go, the disciples would never do that. So, if there is a church boom, your pastor believes it's going to be false. Because it's hard to get something to boom that costs you your life, your job, your children... Your income, your security, your family, your friends, your mother, your daughter. Boy, Pastor, that's really encouraging. I'm not trying to encourage you. I want you to be prepared. Can I just give you a little example? My wife's got a gun. I ain't scared. I'm scared if everybody pulls up on her. She got a stun gun too. What's the stun gun for? That's just to shock you to remind you who's boss after we shoot you can't believe you would talk about guns in the church. And isn't God supposed to be your protector? Aye, but the gun is to hold him off till he gets there. <laughs> Just thought I'd tell you that. I'm one of those guys that will drag you in the house after I shoot you. Anyway, what happened? You tell me you're the detective. I'm not lying. I'm Opposition to the biblical definition of marriage. Now, before you misquote me, everything's recorded. It's in context. Let me tell you about the Marxist dynamic of BLM. Okay? The issue, of course, does not do Black Lives Matter. The shame is, for many years, they have not mattered to many people. But BLM, its founders... And on its web page will tell you that they're Marxist in theology and ideology. They are opposed to the nuclear family, which means God's idea of family. A man being married to a woman having a family. They oppose that. Okay. Any, any grouping, it calls itself Christian, social justice, anything... ...that comes against God's design, okay? Homosexuality, lesbianism. uh, God's word is crystal clear on this. Uh, They say, well, you know, God, God never used this word... ...or God never used this word. It's taught all through the New Testament, it said. And those that practice these things... ...God turns them over to a reprobate mind... ...that they can just fulfill all the lasciviousness they want. But for you, when you stand and say, no, that's not correct... A man cannot marry a man. Oh, well, we did. No, the city said you did. And the state said you did. But since you didn't define, not only did you not get to define marriage, you didn't create the people that were going to be married. God decides what it is. That's where the venom comes. That's where the anger comes. Now, before you get on to me and say, okay, you're attacking uh, BLM and you're attacking LGBTQ. No, fornicators. Same thing. Christian fornicators, shacked up. Some of you are probably in here. Shacked up, living together, sex outside of marriage because because it's just financially not feasible for us. Oh, get over yourself. Come on. You're compromising. You're living in immorality for financial profit. The same God that condemns homosexuality, the same God that instituted the family, also says you can't sleep with that person because you are not married to them. Same God. You stand with the truth. See how quiet it gets here? That's because everybody's scared to get it. But on the internet, they'll, they'll tell you about Pastor John. man, I, I could tell you stuff they said about me. One of them called me not too long ago, the whore, the pastor of the whore of Babylon I said, "Woo, that 's a big church you' giving me way too much credit Now, suddenly, listen, get, be careful with your God is for America. no God is for righteousness, and if america 's righteous he 's for America, but if it 's not. You know, we're the leader in abortions and all these other things. But let me tell you why there is a spiritual opposition to our president. Not just because of the stupid things he says. Okay. I didn't vote for him because of his moral character. When it came time to vote, I voted for a platform. But one of the things, the stances that he has took is not only pro-family, but pro-Israel. Pro-Israel. And when you stand, and him being a nationalist, listen to me, it's not that he's for America, it's that he's anti-globalism. And the Bible tells you crystal clear that the Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of lawlessness, is going to push into one world, one world. We're all in this together. We're all in this together, one world. And here's the president of the, of the nation, the largest free nation in the earth, saying, no, no, we're nationalist. The spirit of the world opposes him because that's in the way of one world religion, one world commerce, one world government. So, be prepared for the current to get stronger. Get you some swimmies. Some spiritual swimmies. Look for riptides. If it looks like, don't be one of those, you know, some, some Christians think that running into the fire is proof of valor. It may be stupidity. It just might, you know, you, you see a, a rip current. I think I'm going to go jump in that. No, don't. If the Lord takes you into a rip current, it will be for his purposes. You don't have to walk in work with a your Bible on a dolly and drop it on the table. Trust me on this. If your light shining, you don't need a big Bible. Okay. Just a few minutes. I might get to one or two of these. Might have to Take it up again next week if the Lord allows. You should expect to face a relentless, increasing exposure of worldliness, immorality, carnality, and godlessness. It's already been in practice, but what I'm about to tell you, you may find very troubling. But we're adults, and it's here, so it's better to know about it. Media has set its face like a flint to desensitize us to violence, And what is wrong with us? How, just, I just shake my head. I'm becoming that old man, get off my grass. You know, just, what is wrong with you? So we have video games that a nine-year-old or 10-year-old can play. We're decapitating people, dismembering people, feeding them their body. But we got to take a dog off Paw Patrol. Because he had a gun. Elmer Fudd doesn't have a gun anymore. I'm asking you. It's just, it's bizarre. Anyway, there's an effort at watch. And why would, we, why would we take the gun away from Elmer Fudd or take the police paw patrol guy off? Because it's the conformity pressure. You can still dismember people. You can put pictures of our president in a coffin and a lady can hold his head up and that's Okay. You can submit on Facebook that the murder of Christians is offensive and say, no, that's acceptable, but you can't refer to a smaller person as a dwarf or a midget. Do you follow what I'm saying? You can murder somebody, but you can't do the other. Political correctness is the gospel. And the narrative is the gospel. And you've got to be aware that they're going to turn it up. I know you don't think it can be turned up. But sex, crime, abhorrent behaviors, perversions and iniquity through all forms of media propaganda and programming. The normalizing of homosexuality, polygamy, fornication, adultery, pornography, pedophilia, necromancy and even cannibalism is going to make its way to the television. Now, those of you that are younger, listen, my generation was jacked up. (laughs) It was horrible. I'm not saying we had it together. But when you get older, you see things about the generation before. And I'm just telling you what happened in our generation. If you would have interviewed me in my 20s and said, in your 50s, homosexuality would not only be accepted, but celebrated, you could not find two people Anywhere, anywhere that would say that's a possibility. And if you were to mention a pastor being ordained as a homosexual, even the ungodly would have laughed at you. Okay, so I'm I'm not trying to push anything. I'm just telling you, I know when I lived, you weren't born. So just trust me on this. And this is how it was. If Jesus tarries, the next taboo is pedophilia. They're already doing TED Talks on pedophilia creating the sympathy it's going to show up on shows primetime shows and the character is going to be pitiful and misunderstood and someone's going to care for them you know how the media does it let me me just hold my train of thought right there with the perfect. you know how the hallmark does it you ever watched a hallmark movie Mm. like crack (laughs) movie crack you know and there'll be a, a woman that's been married for 20 years, and he's really not cared for her. He he kind of did when they were high school sweethearts, but now there's a guy at work that buys her coffee. His name's Joe. Just cup of Joe. Just you know. <laughs> Joe brings her coffee, and he he the other guy. She says, "I love you," and goes to work. He doesn't say anything. Joe comes around, sticks his head around the cubicle. Hey. Hey, Joe, you want some Joe? Yeah. By the time the movie is over, your soul is rooting for them to get together for her to escape this uncaring guy. Now, well, should she have to say... Different sermon, different sermon. I'm talking to you about Hallmark people. And the powers of evil. <laughs> Don't use your powers for evil. Okay. And that's what they're going to do. That's what they did with homosexuality. That's what they did in the 60s and set well, the late 60s, 70s, 80s with the sexual revolution. And then, you know, the 80s and 90s and it all blurs together. Now the next thing will be pedophilia. The murder... Of Jews and Christians, if Jesus tarries, will be on your television. And the narrative will twist it in such a way where you'll feel sorry for. Let me give you an example. I posted something the other day about as Christians, and hear me again, I do not chant the Republican Party. That's not, no, no, that's not uh, what this is about. But I talked about as Christians, this next election is absolutely critical and you are not voting for a person you're voting for a platform you're voting for a core ideology uh, of beliefs uh, priorities emphasis and who our next Supreme Court judges will be all of the above but for us the coming the coming slide is going to be so imperative that if the restrictions are removed, if, if there is no with, withholding force there, it's going to come even faster and greater. And you need to expect that coming very soon. Churches, local churches, I believe this is why the Lord laid it on my heart several years ago to to sell our building are going to be sued and falsely sued commonly and their property taken from them. I would rather us have the resources and know where we're meeting a month at a time, two months at a time and not have anything to lose. Man, I just run out of time. I'm sorry. Uh, There is cannibalism that takes place now uh, with our elite um, government officials, Hollywood officials, and I have not been eyewitnesses, but there are hundreds, hundreds of resources that point to it and all that's left is for them to watch, come out Of the closet and be normalized. As a Christian, if our musician would come, as a Christian, our first reaction is to want to throw our head in the sand. I get it. Don't think because I'm vocal and then I'm very strong opinion on this that it doesn't just grieve me to no end. It does. But I have a responsibility to you to finance that grief, that grieving in my own soul and be prepared to prepare you for these things when it happens. Okay. We can't afford to put our heads in the sand. We need to know that evil men are going to wax worse and worse. And the gospel is going to be more Powerful than ever before because of the darkness in this world when people are coming apart. You say man, I know Can I tell you about the hope that's in my heart and then I can tell you're not wor- I'm not worried, man I'm not worried. I have I have hope and assurance Don't let this punch coming take you out the church religious church is becoming powerless anemic tasteless convictionless but the real church is getting nearer to Jesus than they ever have before they only have one or two banners in him for him they're in they're strong in the Lord and in the power of their might they've put on the whole armor of God that they might be able to stand In the evil day and having done all to stand, they have a helmet of their salvation. Their mind is secure. They ain't never worried about what's going to happen because if you kill me before my feet get cold, I'll be with Jesus. Nothing eternal can be lost. My mind is governed by my salvation. My loins, my belt is truth. Everything connects to truth. On my breastplate, the covering of my heart. Oh, the covering of my heart is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. My feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere I walk, I'm at peace. I have the peace of God and I have peace with God. And I have a sword. Don't make me pull it out. And it's the word of God. And it fights. It defends me. The only weapon I have is the Word of God. The Word of God. And I have a shield. Listen to your pastor. I'm almost done. I have a shield that is able to extinguish all, every fiery dart that hell flings my way. And it is my belief system about God. And it takes the weapon it takes the arrows it takes the arrows and as long as I stand in my faith no weapon formed against me can prosper not the end of the day instead of just kicking up in your recliner you may be pulling arrows out of your shield for a while at least lets me know I'm on the right side if the world isn't shooting at you there's a reason They either don't know or they think you're with them. You can stand. You can stand up, speak up. We're going to be ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ, witnesses in this last hour. And if you have to go outside the camp bearing his reproach, there's a great glory there. Stand with me, I'll close with this last thought. I just remembered about my three Hebrew boys I was telling you about so the trumpets went off all the instruments there was many of them lutes lyres flutes all of these went off and everybody bowed they didn't have to say a word it was clear where they your stance is so different from the world that everybody knows. The king was furious and he brought them before him and he said, what is it that you're not, you're not kneeling? They said, we're not? He said, I'm going to give you one more chance. Who does that sound like? We'll like you. We'll let you in the group. Uh, you know, I, I'll, I'll, I'll send you another friend request if you, you know, do this. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not changing my mind. And the music was about to play again and this is what three teenage boys said. One of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible. Teenage boys. O King, small K. Just right there, right out the gate. The King, small K. See, I can't give you the capital K because I got a capital K already working here. O King, I understand your authority, but it's limited authority. It's temporal authority. He's got all authority and eternal authority. Anyway, small K, small K. Just thought we'd clarify that. Our God ours surrounded by a group of people of like faith always surround yourself with people of like faith our God whom we serve oh I do it every day I'm not doing it just today see today is just a public demonstration of a private reality you see our God whom we serve is able ah he's able to deliver us watch From this burning fiery furnace. Not some generic, opaque, oh God can do something. No. This threat of yours to take my job. This threat of yours to take my home. This threat to take my children. My God, our God whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace. Watch. And he will. No doubt about it. And here's the clarifier that the world doesn't know what to do with. But if not... If something happens and he doesn't come down and destroy all of y'all and he lets me get burned alive, I'm still not going to bow down and serve your God. For God I live, for God I die. The king was furious. He commanded they be tied ankle to hand, and they walked them up to this 150 foot flame. And the flames were so hot that the men that threw them in died. Immediately. That's not a good sign. They threw him in. Everybody, what did all the kneeling people think? Shame, regret, remorse. We can't think about that now. It's all about preservation. No, it's about living godly in this evil world. That's what it's about. Go check on them. I ain't heard nothing going on in there. Did they have an insulated peephole or something? I don't know. If this guy got close enough to see your pastor's brain, see, pray for me. Do you just do some telescope thing and look in? Say, well, what's going on in there? <laughs> I can imagine just Billy Bob, you know, Bubba. How many did you throw in there? A three. There's four in there. There's three. Mm mm. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. Only two things can happen. You either see his face in the fire or you see his face at home. Pastor Wade, come on up, close and pray. Be ready. Stand. Be strong in the Lord. And having done all, stand.
1: feel you got that vitamin B shot this morning. You encouraged in the Lord. Well, let's take this and encourage others. Amen. Amen. What you saw this morning, let's be that this week. Amen. Because you're going to run into them. We're going to need each other this week. Just stand with each other arm in arm. Amen. Thank you, Jesus, that you bore upon yourself, God, the wrath of God so that we could be free. God, that you would take the disfigurements of our sin, our shame, and our guilt, put it upon your son, and Jesus, you would bear it, you would carry it all the way to Calvary. And it didn't end there. Put you in a tomb, and you rose again, victorious over sin and death. And we rest our faith this morning in that. And God, you are clarifying day by day the truth of your gospel through the fulfillment of your prophecies. Day by day, you are proving that your word is true. Day by day, you are proving that your word is right. So God, let us stand firm in you. Let us stand firm in your promise that those who endure to the end will be saved and will wear the crown of life. So give us strength today. Gird us up, Lord, we pray. God, let us be strong in you, strong in our faith, strong leaning into one another. God, as we go forth this week, God, filled with your power, filled with your spirit, filled with your anointing, being light in dark places, give us the courage. Give us the strength. We ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you, church. Look forward to seeing you guys again.